Hello and welcome to the Rangers Rundown. I am Max, joined tonight by Mike. Hello. And unfortunately, not Hayden, as uh, I'm sure everyone knows. It was headline news today. Uh, Lady Gaga just broke the YouTube views record. Um, Hayden being arguably her number one enthusiast in the Central Texas region was responsible for hosting the watch party. Um, so my understanding is he has several hundred people in his apartment right now uh, and will be unable to join us for the foreseeable future if he isn't crushed to death. But hey, Mike, uh, glad to have you back. Uh, understand that the uh, events at Texas Stadium went well for you? I did manage to escape. I was there in person to, to watch it come down. It's quite the event. It's kind of a, a landmark, albeit a, a heap of junk. Um, it was a mainstay in Dallas for, shoot, almost 40 years, 38 years? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so uh, had to be there for that event. Um, kind of cool to, to see that happen. I've never seen an implosion happen in person, so kind of cool. And, and just for the, the sake of our listeners, you were, in fact, 100% actually for real, real at that event. I was. I Lovely. definitely was. I'm, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. Yeah. I didn't realize you're such a huge fan of Irving, but, you know, hey, that's between <laughs> you and God, I suppose. Well, I live in Coppell, but the drive to Irving is pretty short from there, so. <laughs> all no right. Deal. Well, yeah, so uh, Cowboys, hopefully that's all we'll have to deal with today. I mean, this is still our time. We're going to be talking about uh, other sports. This is, it's baseball season. Yes, it keep is. It, keep it on subject, I think. And we got some baseball. We did get some baseball. Some very quick baseball. Yeah, especially those last two games. The uh, the first game was pretty average, three hours, 14 minutes. But uh, they picked up the pace after that. Mm-hmm. So CJ was uh, scheduled to start this game, but uh, he was scratched due to food poisoning. He ended up uh, pitching a couple of nights later, but uh, glad he was able to recover from that. Mm-hmm. Colby Lewis definitely looked good. Um you know, he, he continues to impress. Uh, he only went five and a third, uh, mm. but he did have 10 strikeouts, which is very impressive. Uh, first time he's had 10 strikeouts since 2003. That had to be quite a, a feeling for him to return to that kind of uh, mastery of the strike zone. He, just, he actually struck out 10 in 03. He did. He did. It's in one the, game. In one game. It was against the <laughs> White Sox. And kind of a funny story on that. Um, he struck out Roberto Alomar twice looking, once in the first and, and then again in the third inning. And Alomar was so disgusted by it that he ended up picking a fight with the ump and got thrown from the game. And then in this game here uh, on the 14th, Sandy Alomar, his brother, was playing first base and managed to get himself tossed as well. So... Just wanted to keep up the Alomar tradition of their collective hatred against Colby Lewis. Not sure why. <laughs> I respect it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are that's and that's one of the things I do love about baseball is that um, this guy Colby Lewis, who you know, I don't know if we'd recognize him if we walked up to him on the street, comes back over after a couple of pretty good years in Japan, sits in there, and it takes him what is this his second start or third start? It's two. Uh, right? Yeah, he's two and zero. Oh. Yeah, it, it takes him two games to get that kind of like hilariously specific, but also pretty fun stats thing. That yeah. seven years ago he also struck out ten, and he struck out ten against the. And this is San Elmar uh, Junior was coaching first base. Yeah, 
that's fun. Like, what and what other sports do you get weird stuff like that that happens? Yeah, ah. it's it's early though. I mean, who knows what's what Lewis is going to look like long term? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I worry about you know this is his first time through um, lineups, and so yeah. you know my concern would be that it starts later in the season. Um, the hitters might start to figure him out, start figuring out his tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what his conditioning is like. You know, can we get 200 innings out of him? I mean, I don't, I don't think they pitch that often in, in uh, Japan. They usually pitch. Yeah, take one extra day. Yeah, once every six days. So it'll be interesting to see how he holds up. You know, mm-hmm. I would be concerned. And, and even if you, know, you get the whole season, is this a guy like you're saying? Once the scouting reports are out, is he going to be worse in the playoffs? Because now, play, you know, guys aren't seeing him for the first time, or they they actually reviewing tape. So playoffs, slow yeah. down there, cowboy. Yeah, I can be hopeful. <laughs> but, I we mean, could be hopeful. It would be very Rangers though to, to get themselves to the playoffs with a new import ace, and then he implodes there. So you know, I'm just I'm just trying to prepare myself for the worst. Also, I don't know that I like a starting pitcher who just wants to gobble up all those strikeouts and isn't going to go deep into games. You know, it's kind of uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm old school, but uh, yeah, what good's a strikeout if you can only get five innings? Put that ball in play, baby. Yeah, but yeah. So he he pitched uh, five and a third with the ten strikeouts. Uh, Dustin Nippert came in, got the hold, two thirds of an inning. Uh, Darren Oliver continues to be quite the find in the bullpen. He uh, he pitched um, the seventh inning, uh, one hit, uh, no walks, no runs. His ERA on the season is now two point two five. Fleece came in, got the save in uh, four out save, um, only one strikeout in um, one walk, but no hits. So. He got a second save, you know. I, I still say I think that he's better off as a starter, but you know, if they can use him in the in the closers role now and he can shine there, you know, maybe it's a, a diamond in the rough for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were talking about this last week when you weren't here that it's and we had we had been hoping that we were going to see Feliz as we transition back into the starting rotation, but I mean, twice up. This season got two saves. I picked up a couple last year as well um, in his cup of coffee. But hey, if the Rangers have a have a closer, you know, don't screw around with what's working. You know, well, he, don't fix it, right? He can't be worse than Francisco. So <laughs> I will I will definitely take uh, take <laughs> Neffy, as I'm I'm hearing his nickname is apparently. Yeah, I, I had one other note uh, on this one, and that's that uh, Chris Ray pitched in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll forgive you for his name, but he was the guy that we got for Millwood this off season. Um, so far, he's been—I I, guess—he's been a reliever. Uh, I don't really remember Chris Ray in his several games pitched thus far, uh, but Millwood's often okay start. Um, he is zero and zero and two, but he's. Pitched a sub three ERA uh, with Baltimore so far. Got twenty strikeouts on the season. Only one walk. Um, we'll be nope. interested to see how those two things track. I mean, I don't think Millwood's got it really anymore, but he was good last year. Yeah, um, I mean, he was solid for us. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he got a, a few opening day starts during his tenure here, and um, just under two hundred innings, three point six seven ERA just last season. Traded for a middle reliever. Hmm. Crazy how these things work. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on Chris Ray. I'm sure he'll be uh, interesting to follow throughout the the course of this season. Maybe, possibly. 
Maybe they're know. grooming him to be a future closer. Who knows? Possibly. Also in this game, of course, uh, we have to continue uh, on behalf of Hayden, who's not here today, the Nelson Cruz on-pace statistics. Mash that uh, sixth dinger of this very young season. So he's on pace for roughly one million. I thought it was infinity. Hmm. Well, well, there's only one way to find out. We'll have to we have to get to the rest of the season and, and gotta watch the games. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he just continues to impress. He's he's definitely the star of that outfield. I mean, you know, not taking anything away from Guerrero. Guerrero's obviously had a amazing career but you know he's he's kind of seen the twilight of his career so I think Cruz is the one that's going to going to carry this team for years to come that's going to be fun to watch he is on pace for something like 112 home runs give or take <laughs> I'll take it that might be seven record yeah I don't know uh, but seven uh, spoilers he does not home hit a homer in either of the other two games we're going to talk about today sorry but it makes the math nice and easy seven home runs in 10 games is quick math here a 70 percent uh home run rate and I, i'll take that uh, i'll take that all day every day yep 162 days i'll take that it's actually 113 113 home runs so anything less than a uh, you know what charity here anything less than 112 home runs gonna be disappointed yeah because the math is there. The math is telling us this is what we can expect. So I'm already getting geared up uh, for for excitement. Yeah, and he's also leading the team in RBIs. He's got 12 RBIs, you know, as of uh, that game on Wednesday. So not too shabby. No. 12 RBIs in eight games. That's one and a half per game. So that's about 243 pace for the season. Uh, and say 110-ish you know, home run, 240-ish run better in season. That seems pretty decent. MVP, maybe? He might get some MVP talk with that. Yeah. I mean, it's the Rangers, so, you know, they're going to ignore us or the Mets or something like that. But of course. Yeah. They're not going to talk about him. But, hey, that's uh, that's our lot in life. We signed up for it. Yes. Uh, we want to talk about this bizarrely fast uh, game two. Well, you know, it it's getaway day. Game, <laughs> it's, it's getaway day. It's, it's funny to me how baseball, they've been – wringing their hands trying to figure out how to speed the game up when mm-hmm. you know the the way you do it is you just have one game series they go on to the next city after every game and then would average two hour games yeah because they want to get out of there yeah get yeah through it. it's amazing how fast they can do it when they want to well and the obvious thing here is uh so we're looking at this game uh, uh cleveland three texas two full nine inning game Two hours and three minutes. Nice and tidy. Like, knock that out in the middle of the afternoon. How many pitchers combined to appear in this game? Three. There was only one pitching change. Huff went the distance, giving up two runs in uh, in nine innings. Uh, Harrison, he pitched a good game. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, his his record isn't showing it so far. He's 0-1 in the season, but he's got a nice, tidy 1.38 ERA. Gave up one earned run, but... Three runs total, and that was due to some bad feeling by uh, Ellis Andrews. He had two errors, and Michael Young had one throwing error. So, you know, that's that's one of the things that's kind of been the albatross around the neck of the Rangers historically is is they just haven't historically been a good fielding team, and mm-hmm. early on it doesn't look like they've made much improvement. Yeah, and excuse you though, that is leadoff hitter Elvis Andrews. <laughs> two errors in that game. So 
Yeah, and he did get a hit from the leadoff position. So he did. He got a hit and scored the game's only run. As a matter of fact, Michael Young drove him in. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Other than the error, decent game for Young. Went two for four. Um, hopefully, he continues just going out there and doing those Michael Young things. But I wouldn't mind seeing Elvis set the table um, if if it's going to distract his glove. Maybe he shouldn't be, but um, yeah, he's generally been. I know he's well regarded as a defensive player. He definitely looks good out there. Hopefully this is just sort of a brain fart of a game for him. We go back to seeing the the, the good defense out there. Yeah. It's unfortunate to, to mess up that game for Harrison. Though. Like you're saying, you know, he, he goes seven innings, um, you know, three strikeouts, one walk. He's working quick, putting the ball in play. Uh, maybe he shouldn't be trusting his fielders to do with it what they need to do with it, but he's at least getting it done. And Darren O'Day pitched behind him. So both Darrens have been pretty successful for us so far. Yes, uh, O'Day has yet to give up a run. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't mind having dual Darrens. Uh, who are good. <laughs> well, they're completely different. I love a side armor. Oh yeah, I mean, totally different. When you go submarine on on a guy, that that just that's so fun to watch because, for sure, you can bring it in at seventy eight miles an hour, and they're just thoroughly confused about what to do. It's it's fascinating to watch. Almost as fascinating as the knuckle wall. It's a lost art. You don't see yeah, a lot of side armors. And I have a strong affiliation for it, too, because as a child, the only way I could reliably throw a pitch was to, like, sidearm it. That's how I thought sliders worked. <laughs> <laughs> it goes sideways because you throw it sideways, you know? Yeah, and makes I was sense. A, I, was a, I had a lot of uh, advanced pitching instruction as a small child, so I definitely learned a lot. But uh, I, I do love watching a guy do that. I uh, love a submariner. I love I love a wonky delivery. So. I have a fun story. I have a... A friend who uh, pitched for Texas Tech way back in the day, and I mean, had had a promising career. Might have might have been able to, you know, get drafted. I don't, I don't know that he had aspirations of you know being anybody's ace, but he could. Uh, he might have been able to, to latch onto a team. He ended up blowing out his elbow and and hung That's it nice. up uh, halfway through his uh, college career. But he had a funny story. He was a uh, pitching in pitching in a these Texas select leagues when he was in high school and threw a no hitter. I can't remember who they were playing against, but um, it, it was, it was in the third and he ends up striking out the side with the third strikeout being against uh, the other team's pitcher and the strikeout pitch. He went submarine. That was the first time that he'd done that all game and his <laughs> coach chewed his ass out. <laughs> It's like, man, that's cold. Don't do that <laughs> to the pitcher. <laughs> Come on, man. Kind of I like it, though. That's a good Kind flex. of funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that's really good. I wish we'd see more guys. I mean, I know why they don't, because, you know, they're getting paid to do this, and a silly, you know, a, a joke can ruin the whole game. But I would love to see guys uh, mess around with stuff like that every once in a while. Yeah. It's kind of fun. And there is some science to yeah. moving arm angles and, and changing deliveries. And there's a couple of guys who will uh, change where they throw from to mess with hitters and change their timing and everything. So, I don't know. I guess it's hard to do it repeatedly, but it is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and same thing with the, the knuckleball. I mean, it's yeah. a gimmick bitch. But most knuckleballers, they have a nice, solid, long career. Number one, mm-hmm. because... Hell, they could pitch every third day if they needed to. They 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 don't put any effort into their pitches. Yeah, Charlie is basically underhanding that thing out there. So he can yeah, keep it going. 
Yeah, yeah, but it's just amazing that you just don't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we'll get another good run uh, out of a knuckleball guy. That'd be kind of fun to see. It would. It definitely would. Uh huh. Well, I guess on the opposite of talking about a knuckleballer, we can talk about this Yankees game. CC uh, <laughs> Sabathia doing CC Sabathia things. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, not really a knuckleball guy, um, but woof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was a uh, game that was shortened by rain. Uh, they shut it down after six innings with the Rangers uh, losing three to one. Excuse me, or five to one? Five to one. Mm-hmm. Um, CJ was not his best effort. Uh, six innings pitch, seven hits, five run- runs, three earn with three walks. So he had ten base runners in six innings pitched. You know. Um, it's it's obviously very early in the C.J. Wilson experiment as a starter, but uh, you know there's some warning signs there. Yeah, um, I've definitely liked it so far. You know, before this game, tiny, tiny little, you know, a bit of performance to be looking at. But uh, I, this is what you'd be afraid of too: is that you start seeing a couple of these, and it, it, at what point do you pull the plug? on the experiment given the successes that he had out of the bullpen right uh, it's a problem for roster construction you know it's fine to experiment but at some point do you wonder if giving a guy 10 or 11 starts you know a third of a season out there when you knew you had a good piece as a reliever was was worth doing but do they have anyone really ready waiting in the wings well that's what i say for the construction is it in theory yeah. you go and you sign a free agent or you trade for somebody or you just acquire another player who's who's getting those starts and you have that good reliever as opposed to learning a third of the way through when you can't sign that free agent anymore that uh whoops this wasn't going to work uh you know if it works hey great you know I, i'd love to be wrong uh come september and cj wilson to have you know pulled a great season out of it but um Hopefully this is just a, a, a blip game. It's not like the Yankees are a bad team. Um, I mean, I don't know who this, this idiot batting third for them is. They, ha- <laughs> they got a guy batting 83, Mark Texiera, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, um, rings a bell. Uh-huh. Yeah, it sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, yeah. Well, all I have to say to good old Tex is don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Oof. Do not miss that guy. Just uh, didn't want to be here. And, uh, you know, hopefully with some of these young pieces that we got back in return for him, we can make something of, you know, you get, we got, what do we get? We got, uh, Andrews. Mm-hmm. We got Fleas. I got Fleas. We got Harrison. We got... Salta Lamakia. Salta Lamakia. Yeah. And then Bo Jones. Maybe we'll see him one day. <laughs> yeah. I'm holding my breath, waiting for Bo Jones. He's at Meanwhile. Frisco right now, so... Meanwhile, the Yankees roster is just ridiculous. I mean, you've got Jeter at short. You've got Teixeira at first. You've got A-Rod at third. You've got Robinson Cano at second. You've got yeah. Nick Swisher in right. you got Curtis Granderson in center. It, it's just Even fair. Cervelli is good. Cervelli is a good catcher. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know who he, Nick Johnson is, but I, I, just don't, I don't know what's going on there. I, I just We just do not match up with a team like that. I would no. hate to see them in the playoffs, that's for sure. I think because you know, I mean, they've ended all three of our playoff appearances in '96, '98, '99. Yeah, 99. yeah. I know. Yeah. My mom was just telling that story again the other day. 
my uh, my youngest sibling was a was a infant uh, during that playoff run in '96. You know, was, uh, he was born <coughs> in late August, and so uh, you know, my mom's had a great story of well, my dad was traveling for work a lot, and I was just basically being raised on Rangers baseball. It was my first. I think I got into ball in like '94, and the first season I really watched was '95, and then '96 is the first one that I like really paid attention to, and so. Uh, my, my parents were really tickled that I was easy to uh, raise, so they had two other babies to be dealing with because I could just put the Rangers games on and I'd watch us get shellacked by the Yankees. <laughs> uh, and did that explain a lot of my f- adult development? Yes. Possibly. <laughs> I actually camped out for playoff tickets in that uh, uh, 96 season. Yeah, the, uh, the internet was in its infancy stage, so there was no purchasing tickets online. Where did you camp? Outside the ballpark? Yep. Sure did. Wow. Like and it in was, a tent? Just sleep on the ground? What'd you do? Yeah, we had a tent. We had uh, some camping chairs we hung out in most of the evening. We were listening to the game that night. And and it was really funny because the Rangers lost that night. And they could have clinched if they won. And there were people that were driving by. All these people camped out. It was on the uh, the North Lawn, like near Joe Pool Lake. <laughs> Not Joe Pool. Um, Mark Holtz Lake. What am I t- talking about? Um, the great Mark Holtz. And people were driving by when that game had ended and just rolling down their windows and pointing their finger and laughing at us like, <laughs> you idiots, they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jokes so yeah. on those guys. We totally made it. Hey, we even won a game. One game. I, I uh, Yeah, I can say that I have been to every Rangers playoff game in history. All four of them. Woof. Yeah, that that's that's rough. Woof. And, and all of them. The, you've been to every one. Every one. And cool. uh, yeah, the Yankees won the World Series all three of those years. So there's no yeah. shame in losing to them. No, there's okay. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe there's no shame. It's definitely a lot of pain. Yeah, there's a lot of pain. <laughs> but that's that comes that that's uh, part and parcel of being a Rangers fan. Come on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We're all masochists. That's that's yeah, that's oh, what yeah. we do. I signed up for this. <laughs> Apparently, thanks, Dad. Yeah, yeah. I don't know so, um, deserve it, but so I saw a couple of interesting stats. It's again, it's very, very early in the season, and, and you know, Rangers. You know, after that loss to the Yankees, um, they've only played ten games. But something a little bit concerning: it's the disparity in pitches per at bat. The uh, Rangers starters are throwing 4.1 pitches per at bat, which is well above league average, um, which gives you a pause for concern, you know, especially, you know, CJ had his outing where he just didn't look great um, through 112 pitches in six innings. Um, that's that's not going to win you a whole lot of ball games when you're throwing that many. Um, but the inversion of that is true for the hitters. The hitters are only seeing 3.64 pitches per at bat so we're talking a disparity of about a half a pitch per at bat and that's significant that that can add up over a season and so you know you talk about them making the playoffs this is a reason that you can point to and say yeah this is why they're not quite ready the, the batters they don't have the patience um they're swinging at pitches a uh, in the dirt away whatever um they're, they're not waiting on their pitches and uh you know, the pitchers are struggling, throwing a lot of pitches, uh, you know, so far. 
<clears throat> they're they're five and five, so it doesn't look horrible, but it, it's it's something to be concerned about. And there's only one batter in the Rangers lineup who is seeing four pitches per at bat. Can you name that batter? He's he's the slugger we'd all expect. Wow, four pitches per per at bat. Um, uh, clearly, it's uh, well, it's not Vlad Guerrero. Yeah, I think we can, we can all feel good about that. Um, Joaquin Arias. <laughs> nope, that would be Matt Trainer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you got all these guys that are supposed to be superstars in the making. This Josh Hamilton. I don't know what he's going to end up being. You know, Nelson Cruz, Vlad. Andrews, Young, all these guys, and 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 none of them have the patience. So no, and Davis too. I mean, we, we were talking last week about how much we like Davis, and it's just a matter of time. That guy's too talented to not be, not be good. Um, but I think he's going to be one of those sort of streaky guys. He's probably going to have up seasons and down seasons. He's going to have up months, down months, up weeks, down weeks. You know, when he's hot, he's going to be red hot. And when he's cold, he's going to look a lot like this, where he's just. Not making contact, striking out a bunch, um, and that's that's not fun to watch. And when those if too many guys go cold at once, that's I think that's the big problem. You know, when you don't have anybody in the team who you can count on to go out there and give you a nice long at bat, everyone get their their heads on straight. What does that What does that mean for your team? You know, hopefully that's going to be young. I, that's what I was talking about in our our first episode this season. Is that he was a guy you can kind of rely on for those. And maybe it's cliche, but those professional at bats, you know, you go out there and, and do what he's got to do. Yeah, but we'd like to see a little bit of that um, older leadership. Tell guys to slow down, wait for your pitches, and you know, do some damage with the stuff that you're getting. But oof, I, I'll have to watch I think, that. I think that's a lost art. Is the guy who can just really extend an at bat, and this is a way callback. You ever remember uh, Mickey Tettleton playing for the Rangers? I don't remember that, but no, that's going to predate me a little bit. He, I mean, he wasn't a superstar. It was a he was a very good player. He had a very uh, unique uh, batting stance. He, uh, you know, unlike Julio Franco, had his his bat so wound up is that actually pointing at the pitcher. Yeah, Tettleton on the other hand, it just kind of hung limply from his hands. It was just parallel to the ground until right before the pitch came in and he would wind up. But, I mean, he was the king. He would he would stretch at bats 14, 15, 16 pitches, you know, and I love that because it just meant you're going to get to that bullpen sooner. And just, you don't see that as much these days. And I just, you know, again, I'm the old school guy, but uh, mm-hmm. but uh, we, we could use someone like that on our team. Well, and he had that kind of money ball. I was just pulling his numbers up here. But the money ball thing going on, the guy took a ton of walks. Uh, oh, yeah. And that's part of those long at-bats. I mean, I, I, I like a, a home run. Give me give me a dinger. Give me even a, a base hit, a little bit more excitement. But, hey, a guy gets on base, that's pretty valuable. Uh, yeah. And I think that, that gets in a pitcher's head more than folks are willing to give it credit for, having runners on the on the bases. And that opens things up for the hitters coming after him. So. And he was also old school in that. He's one of the last guys I remember that just had that big, gigantic wad of chewing tobacco <laughs> stuck in the side of his cheek, and it was just bulging out. I, I just, I don't know, something very old school about that that I kind of like. Yeah, Davis is a uh, t- chewing tobacco guy, isn't he? I, don't, I didn't one? know that. I don't know. I don't, maybe, maybe I'm making that up, but uh, it's, it's possible. Not many I'm sure. Of them. I'm sure there's more than you think. A lot of them, you know, they just don't let it be seen. 
the the most famous tobacco guy I think in Rangers history was the great Charlie Huff. That guy, I mean, he smoked between innings. That that guy just uh, he was lighting one right, right off the other. And <laughs> I almost prefer to see that because to me, chewing tobacco is just it's real gross. Um, yeah, it's rough and it's got all kinds of like big health concerns and you don't want to see the kids doing it but like having a little smoking thing underneath the clubhouse where guys can get in between the innings just knock one out i respect it yeah like anybody go out there with like their lungs half full of cigarette smoke and play professional sports that's fine that's i'm good with that yeah um uh, just a quick story A, a buddy of mine he was at the game i think this was is either 83 or 84 and it was the last game of the season, and it was Charlie Huff versus Mike Witt. And Mike Witt ended up pitching a, a perfect game. And so my buddy and his friend, they wanted to go see if they could get Charlie Huff's autograph after the game. And they caught him just sitting on a you know little metal fold-out chair right outside the team bus smoking a cigarette. And they come and said, hey, do you mind signing a, an autograph for us? He's like... Hell, I've got nowhere to be. I don't leave for Hawaii until you know such and such two or three days later, and so he just <laughs> sat there and, just, and smoked and just shot the breeze with him. Just a real kind of stand-up guy, kind of cool. That's, that's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's fun to see that happen on the last day of the season, like of oh, all yeah. the times to pitch a perfect game. There might have been 3,000 people there. you gotta, you got to think about that. Another funny story out of that, that same game is, uh, you know, my friend and his buddy, they didn't leave the stands after the game. They were uh, watching the post-game interview with Mike Witt and, you know, don't know who was interviewing, way before Emily Jones' time, obviously. But um, he was talking, and there was a guy that kept shouting his name from the stands, and he ignored him for quite a while, and he kept saying, hey, Mike, give me your cap. Give me your cap. And he ignored him for a long time. Finally, he just turned around and took off his cap and threw it to the guy. And the guy, he looked at it and he thought for a second. And he threw it back. And he was like, hey, can you autograph it for me? And went just <laughs> went, put the cap on and just went straight into the dugout. <laughs> oh, you lost your chance, buddy. Oh, come on. That's karma biting you right in the ass right there. <laughs> no, how do you not just grab it and run? Like, you got to get going. Yeah. Oh. It's the last game. You got, you yeah. got places to be. Yeah, we got places to be, like the Rangers did in these uh, two hour games. I don't want them shortened, but getting two ball games out in four hours in one minute is, uh, is still nice. Yeah, it's insane. That. I don't think we'll see that happen in back-to-back games for quite a while. No, I don't think that's going to be a thing. Uh, it's definitely a, a dying trend. But, hey, we got two more coming up against the Yanks. You know, that'll be fun. Don't they have the Red Sox after that? Yeah, then through the Red Sox. Uh, yeah. They'll be back home. So this is going to kind of put up or shut up. It's early in the season, but they're a 500 team now. Let's see what they can do against the big boys on the road. Should yeah. be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. We'll be looking forward to it. Hopefully Hayden's party ends sometime in the next three days. Uh, his rave. His, yeah. his Lady Gaga wave. A lot of glow rave. sticks. From yes. What he was yes. Hayden probably has a pacifier in his mouth right now. Oh yeah, you know it. Yeah. I mean, we have to like get him to take the thing out when we're just recording. So <laughs> that guy, though, you know, power to him. He's living his best life. He is. That's what we can all get behind. 
right. Well, let's uh, let's hope the Rangers keep living their best lives. Pick up, just like get a win, get a win out of this Yankees series, and I'll be happy. Yes. Um, just don't don't get swept in New York. Nobody wants that. No. Get some momentum out of this Boston one a little bit. Come home, do some damage. Uh, you know, let's let's keep the let's keep the smiles going. Absolutely. All right, go Rangers. Go Rangers. Whoop.